For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. We're Shani now what? We're really not in a good spot. And if this is gonna be a little your therapy session, Armand, an event, fuck free, then I'll hang up now. I mean, you know that's not because how this is probably I am. the reason why you didn't want to have a conversation with me prior. So you have no respect for me, which is why I'm really glad we didn't work out. Did you want him to propose? I think I everybody wants to be proposed to that wants to be married one day. Like it's just nice. It's like a compliment, the biggest compliment but I wouldn't have said yes. So you wanted him to propose that you could reject him on TV. So it was after that eight year span that you guys came to the marriage pact agreement, right? When we first dated, there was just something about her that I really liked and loved that I've never encountered with anyone else. And I think that's just what, it's just been haunting me. like all those years. Finding the one is a life quest that many people do not complete. Some people, they don't pick anyone. Some people, they pick the wrong one. And some give up hope looking for the one and instead select their two, three, four, or heck even five. Now to me, there's no shame in the latter, especially if both parties acknowledge this choice not to settle per se, but instead to secure the future they both want by choosing each other, even though they don't take all of each other's boxes. But you might know that with time and when you're both ready to make that mutual commitment, you might be able to really go all the way. Now, this acknowledgement often comes in the form of a marriage pact. A marriage pact is an agreement made by two people that states that if we are both single by a certain due date, we're going to marry each other. People make these pacts for a lot of different reasons, fear of commitment or because the connection is right, but the timing really just isn't quite there yet. However, let's call a spade a spade. For most people, a marriage pact is an all else fails backup plan. But what happens when that plan fails or perhaps even scarier when it succeeds? Now what? And that's what we're talking about on this episode of Lovers and Friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say Lovers and Friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I say Hi there, lovers and friends. This is an incredibly special episode. My name is Shan Boudram, and I am your host, and I am also a sex and relationship expert, and my expertise takes me to a lot of exciting places. Like you might recall, last year in November, I was in Cartagena, Colombia. Many of us have made a marriage pact. We have been in a marriage pact for seven, seven years. An agreement between two people that if they're still single by a certain due date, they'll marry each other. Marcus and I met a few years ago in a club on South Beach. For these six duos, the time to make good on their pact is now. Dennis was one of my little brother's good friends. I can't believe we're doing this. We're both still single. So, are you ready to cement your marriage pact and make good on a promise? Holy f I wanted to do as like a backup plan if like all else like felt. No. I suck at relationships. It's the truth. Like, really no. Logan's saving herself for marriage, and I yeah, 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 certainly yeah, yeah. am not. 
About a year after Cody cheated on me, I ended up dating his best friend. And another one of my teammates. Yeah, so where do I go from there? <laughs> to the amazing women we yeah. came with, hopefully we leave with them too. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't find that sexy or attractive. You are going to connect with your heart and your genitals. It just felt very, um, <laughs> excuse me, very... Decision day is just 24 hours away. You're either going to marry your marriage pact partner. I'm just freaking out. I think he's going to do it. Does that feel realistic? Yeah. Or walk away forever. You don't need to leave, honey, because I'm leaving. I don't need a Tell you how much I'm worth right now. Yeah, I'm not ready to be married. You know, I love you. Yeah. We're not getting married, are we? I'm gonna take a step back a little bit. Why? You know you can't go back now. La panorama. This is what happens when real people, real emotions, and real history get involved, and they are put to the test in a pressure cooker scenario. Um, a lot of big bangs ensue, and if you watch the show, you know some of those bangs were fireworks at a wedding day, and some of them were explosive blowouts, which the relationships never remain the same. So The Marriage Pact is a show that I got to host in Cartagena, Colombia, all eight episodes of the show are now available on the Roku channel. In essence, the title is the premise. Six couples across North America travel to Cartagena to put their marriage pact to the test. And boy, were they ever tested to see if they aligned in terms of values, long-term goals, lifestyle, and chemistry. Sexual chemistry at that, because y'all know I had to add the spice in there. If you have yet to watch this show, this episode you're about to indulge in because it truly is an indulgence and a very privileged, unique experience to see behind the scenes of these real people's lives. I highly suggest that you take a pause and go to therokuchannel.com. You can watch all eight episodes there for free. If you're in America, you can also download the app, sign up for a free account no matter where you're at. You can download it to your phone. You can download it to your smart TV. And of course, you probably are familiar with Roku sticks. If you already have one, the work is done for you. Just open it up and check for Roku Originals and you're going to find the Marriage Pact. This should be a free show for people to watch, especially in Canada and in America. And I, again, not only do I want you to watch this so that you have more context for the richness of these kinds of relationships, wherein we know that there's something, but we're not yet ready to try that thing. Again, incredibly relatable. But also, I want you to see my best work. Um, it was a dream come true experience for me and something that I will forever cherish. And I actually, I'm telling you to go watch it now, but the real truth is you can actually listen to half of this episode because the spoilers aren't going to come until later. So the first thing that I'm going to do is share the unique stories of the friends turned couples who traveled to Cartagena to see if their marriage pact rang true. But first, I want to tell you about our first of four sponsors in this episode, which is Skims. And you know I have been raving about their Fits Everybody collection, right? It is the butteriest underwear, the most flexible bras, and hands down the best bodysuits ever. Well, recently, I have been seeing their cotton loungewear all over my feed, and you know I had to try it. From sizes extra, extra small to 4X, it is their most tag collection. So I got the cotton rib tank, the cotton rib thong, the cotton jersey cheeky tanga and all of this in the stunning bone color plus i got the cotton jersey scoop bralette in mineral as well too 
It is sexy, it's effortless, and the quality is unmatched. Now, don't just take my word for it. There's over 10,000 five-star, excuse me, 100,000 five-star reviews. Put some respect on it at Skims for a reason. Believe the hype lovers. Go to skims.com. They offer free shipping on orders over $75. And when you place your order, I beg you, go down to the drop-down section where it says, how did you hear about us? Select podcast and then go to lovers and friends because that is how I can continue to talk about products that I love and I truly believe that you are going to enjoy. And speaking of enjoyment, let's get into these couples. So here's how this episode is going to go. First, I'm going to introduce the couples to you. Then they're going to talk about how they got into a marriage pact and why they came to the show. Then we're going to take a little brief pause and then continue on to what happened after the show and where they are today. So let's kick things off with Alicia and Quentin. The There's something definitely there, but never at the same time couple. All right. So one thing I've always been confused about with your guys' relationship is whether you were genuine friends for first or romantic interest first. So on the count of three, I want you guys to both answer. Romantic. Friends first. How are we friends first? So the fact that you have different answers, yes, I think is accurate to how I saw your guys' relationship because I, I wasn't sure if it was the spark that was there or if it was the genuine camaraderie that was there. So Q, I wanna hear from you. How did you guys meet? And then Alicia, you tell the story. Yeah, so we met, I mean, when I was in Ottawa, I was playing for the Red Blacks and I met her, you know, I was on the street, just went up to her and said, hey, like, wanna introduce myself. So we exchanged numbers from there. And then we didn't talk for like, I think a year or so. And then I ended up reaching out because I wanted to do a project in Ottawa for the tourism board. When we got up there, she, you know, thought it was more for the relationship side of it, which I understand, but I was like so business oriented right there at that time. So like, I can understand why she, you know, was frustrated with me, but that's, you know, kind of how- Can I ask a question? So if you went up to her on the street, how was that friends first? That seems like you went up to her because you thought that she was stunning. Yeah, no, she was definitely stunning for sure. But I think like what I've been taught, like through my family is like, be friends first with like a woman that even if you're attracted with or just friends with, like whatever, like be friends first with them so you can build like a stronger relationship down the road instead of starting off romantic and then like there's no foundation. So I just oh that's kind of been my like foundation and background of an approaching woman. He told me like he was coming to visit. So we were talking every single day, FaceTiming every day for like hours, um, talking about our lives, family, everything. Like literally what you do with getting to know someone and like them um and then yeah he came with his little brother jojo and that's when he told me he he needed me to help him with something um he took me on a helicopter he took me like dude we did all these crazy things and i was like this is so fun this is like the most fun i've had with a guy to me that was like a date um it was just a very creative date but it turns out it was not a date we even took a shower together, made out. Do you know what I mean? This is business. Well, how the fuck is that? Bi- Sorry, how's that business? But all of a sudden it's, oh, I'm here for business. And I was like, mm, what? I was so pissed. He was using me to be this free model. So that pissed me off. And I was like, cussed him out. Um, and I was like, I just, I'm not helping you anymore. Like I'm done, whatever you have to film, film. He did apologize once he thought about it, I guess. He was like, oh, my God, I did do that. Like, I guess it does look like that and apologize. Um, but I honestly think he only apologized because he wanted me to finish because we still had more to film the next day. And I learned that later on that that's the type of person he is. 
oh, more. Me- like I learned it then and I was like, ew, I'm done with this guy. And then I kind of was like, oh, I can use him for like just a friends with benefits thing. Because I was like, he is like attractive enough for me to like want to fuck, but not want to date. And now that I know his personality, I definitely don't want to date him. Um, but he didn't even want that either. And so I took like an eight hour bus. And by the time I got there, it was just business for him. Like I wanted to like, you know, hook up and he was just like, are you crazy? We're here for business. Like, what do you think this is? And I was like, what? And he just got mad at me about that. I was like, okay, now I'm definitely done. We are friends. But hey, that's it. And he was like, okay, I agree. We should just be friends. Like, totally agree. And then apparently that just started his love for me. Once I decided I only wanted friendship, that's when he started being like, oh, maybe I love her. Maybe I should be with her and tried to, you know. So I can understand, like, everything has led up to, like, from the first time I met you up to the point, like, we've been weird in, in a sense of, like, we've been friends, but, like, it's been so awkward in a way. And I, you know, I could take full responsibility for, like, my actions on, like, some, I was, you know, younger, making some dumb decisions and thought, like, it was the right decision. But for some things, too, like, you know, take accountability on your end, too, for some things that occurred. Like, there were definitely not not 100% on my side, but we got to look at it from both sides, right? It takes two to play. It feels like at some points, you guys have incredible chemistry and good flow and good banter and other times you don't. Is that about accurate? Yeah. The issue is that he is extremely business, business oriented, which is a great thing to be, but he forgets to maintain relationships when because he's trying so hard to build his empire which is something to be proud of and to admire the thing that he kept me his friend because I would see that he was like that and I loved that about him um and it pushed me to be like okay what else do I want in life um and I really like that I like people like that around me I had no idea what I was to you so it was just too confusing and I don't think you even knew what I was to you I'd love to get to the marriage pact moment or the moment where the two of you are like for some reason, now isn't the time, but maybe in the future. What brought you to make that decision? You can go first. Well, we were at the Airbnb, and at my Airbnb in Atlanta, Georgia. So when we were down there, she, um, we were just like sitting watching TV, and we were watching All American. So when we were watching it, we saw that some of the characters had a kind of like a like a pack thing type of uh, thing going. So we ended up just saying like, you know what? I think this will be. We should do the same thing. Like if we don't meet someone within a certain amount of time, like we should make this pack and definitely wanted to go down and see if being in an experience like that would allow us to, with no phones, no technology, would allow us to com- actually communicate cleaner. We never have like an actual like, breakthrough, you know, friendship issues we had and, and then get closer to actually beginning to make that pack true. And I actually was all in, I was all in. So my only, my, my, that, that was kind of my mindset going into it, really wanted to, See it through. What I love about Alicia and Quentin's story is I feel it's incredibly relatable. It's that hot and cold relationship, but because the temperatures are never at the same degree at the same time, it ends up being lukewarm across the board. So what happened when they both went to Cartagena and decided to turn the temperature and the speed up? Were they finally able to figure out and to make it work? You're about to find out, but of course, before that, you have to learn about the other couples. And now this one. Brian Armani, it really 
connected with me in a very powerful way as I truly believe it will connect with all of you because this is the story of the best friends, the friends who were so close and so connected. It just seemed like, shouldn't we try to make this more? How did you start your friendship and your relationship and why did you decide to make a marriage pact together? Um, we, we met each other randomly while we were in Charleston. Um, neither of us were living there at the time. And, uh, we kind of just hit it off right away. And, um, I remember, I think I said this in my opening pack thing, but we kind of split ways and walked different ways, um, end of the night. And then we both ended up moving back there within the next year and kind of picking up a friendship where we left off and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time together and ups and downs and, you know, just life itself, uh, twists and turns that come along with it. And, um, because we got along so well and had similar personalities and didn't have any kind of serious relationships going on. Um, we decided that we were going to make a marriage pact and, uh, you know, kind of pulled out a napkin while we were out at dinner and, and wrote it out and uh, kind of went from there. I just think we gelled really nicely together. You know, we always found a way to find each other and we had so much in common and our personalities were so similar but we can always like compliment each other when we would go out and, or even when we weren't and sometimes read each other's minds. So I feel like that just made a good friendship for us. Yeah. We were always kind of in sync and enjoyed doing the same things. And, uh, you know, we'd be out in the, out on the dance floor, having a good time and, uh, kind of everyone else would fade away and we wouldn't really care about what else was going on and just enjoy each other's company. It seems like you guys were the only people on the show who were genuinely just friends. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, I think that's accurate. And I also think that we were definitely had the strongest friendship of anybody coming in. Well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, when I met her, like, you know, I thought she was obviously attractive and we hit it off and then, you know, that was it. And then whenever we both ended up moving back there, it was purely a friendship and, I mean, it really was all the way up until, you know, midway through the show, I would say. There is an analogy that I gave in my book, The Game of Desire, that I think genuinely suits dynamics like Breeze and Armani's. So when it comes to seeing if you have romantic potential with someone, there's two distinct processes that have to take place to ensure that you have the makings of what it takes. And I liken this to ramen. So with ramen, you've got the broth and then you've got the ingredients that go into the broth. Both are equally important, but some people make the mistake of only focusing on the broth part and some people only on the ingredients part. So you can liken the ingredients to the stuff that it takes, right? Like the noodles and the eggs and whatever meat and whatever veggies. And that's like the fundamentals, right? Like, do we get along? Do we have a friendship? Do we have shared goals, shared lifestyle, shared religion, all of those, you know, checkbox things. And then it's the broth. And the broth is really just the secret sauce, the ooze, the flow that you can't put into structured words. It's just a thing that you either have or you don't have between you. You might call this the chemistry. Now, some people make the mistake of only focusing on the broth and they don't have the stir fry ingredients. And some people it's all, all stir fry and no broth. So I think when we think about Brie and Armani, we're talking about a relationship where they know for a fact that they have all of the same ingredients when it comes to the stir fry component of the ramen, but they went to Cartagena to see if they could get that sauce going, if they had that broth and that chemistry. And again, to find out if they did, you either go watch the show or you keep watching this episode because we're going to get into it and it gets thick. Yeah. Speaking of thick, 
Let's talk about Julie and Cody. They're not thick at all, but uh, they got into the thick of it. Julie and Cody were in a committed relationship in college and they had the ramen. They had the stir fry and they had the broth for each other, but they didn't have the etiquette, the ethics and the maturity to keep that fire going, uh, to keep the soup piping hot. I'm going to drop the analogy right now. Long story short, basically happened is that Cody ended up sabotaging the relationship by cheating on Julie. And Julie, heartbroken by this, ended up getting back at him by hooking up with one of his friends. Now, this caused a hotbed of resentment for both of them. However, the memory of the ramen and of that special thing that they shared always stuck with them. And they wondered, with time and maturity, could things be different? I want to go back now to the very beginning, to a question you've answered many times before. How did you form your marriage pact and why? How and why? <laughs> um, uh, drunkenly <laughs> at our favorite bar that we all went to even after we broke up. And so, and Julie 100% went there on purpose so that I was here. Yeah, no, I did. I was savage back then. <laughs> but yeah, no, we went to our favorite bar um, and I was definitely intoxicated and I think Cody was too, but I was doing it because I wanted to, I didn't want to let go of him. And that was my way of not letting go was like, hey, by the time we're 30, if we're both not married, let's try it. <sighs> and we did. <laughs> Yes, you did. Your first relationship that you guys had that ended with cheating. Tell me about what you remember from that that was worth leaving hope alive for. Whew. That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I think the reason why I wanted to try again with Cody, even after he cheated, was because I was so in love with him. I don't really, and I'm someone like I forgive easily as much as I didn't forgive him fully for what he did. I was willing to look past his mistakes for our love. And I think that's why after everything that he did to me, I wanted to keep trying and, you know, for me, at least, I can't speak for Cody, but I there was just something between us that, you know, I have never had before. And he was my first love. He was the one person that I just thought of in the back of my head, no matter what, at the end of the day. Um, and so I just really couldn't let him go. Even though I, I was young and stupid, it's stuck in the back of my head of, hey, this girl really challenged you. This girl really loved you. This girl made you laugh. This girl was a lot of fun. Um, you know, your family enjoyed having her around and, and everything like that. And so for all those factors, you know, like, okay, yeah, you know, we're going to lock Julie up in a little box here. And, uh, you know, kind of like the Christmas decorations, you know, bring them down when you're ready. <laughs> anyone who can relate to julie and cody's story exes where 
the ramen was there, but the timing just wasn't. You need to see how the story panned out. I think it's so incredibly powerful and provided so much food for thought. I know I said I would drop the ramen analogy, but I like it, so I'm going to keep it going. We're also going to keep going and talk about the other guests. But while we're on the topic of food, calling all home chefs. Tired of spending time at the grocery store? Unsure of what to cook for dinner? Say hello to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients and delightful seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. No more trips to the store, just fun, easy and affordable cooking. In just 40 minutes, you could be enjoying my personal current fave, the sweet corn and green pepper chowder. And with quick and easy dinner options, plus breakfast and lunches, you'll never be stuck for a meal idea and some take less than 15 minutes to whip up. Now, if you're worried about your cooking skills, don't be. I used to be, and you know, in some ways still kind of am terrified of cooking, but HelloFresh has made it a breeze with minimal cleanup. It is 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping. Green Chef and Every Plate are also now part of the HelloFresh family, so there is something tasty for everyone at all price points. And here's something extra delicious. Right now, my listeners can enjoy both brands at big discounts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 lovers and use code 50 lovers for an amazing 50% off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com 50 lovers and use code 50 lovers for half off plus free shipping. Get cooking good looking with HelloFresh today and make home cooked meals easy, fun, and delicious for everyone. Okay, let's keep the introductions rolling with the life keeps getting in the way couple, Marianne and Dennis. When did it transition from okay like the nerdy young guy who had a crush on the hot older girl to two adults who genuinely were like we can meet eye to eye and we have something cool here um for me it was when i was going through a hard time and i was losing my mom um he reached out and i was losing my mom and i was going through a breakup too so he was there and i looked at him a little different just a little bit because he was still younger and I was you know about to be a single mom but the just how he just showed up and at the same time so we started dating yeah. at that time for about six months and uh, I think her son was about three three, yeah. three years old and then I'm young and dumb and I didn't know what to do with my life or that commitment to be a stepdad mm-hmm. or or and I recognize that. That's why I left the way I did. I did. Yeah. I I will own up to that. I I ghosted him. I didn't know any other way. Hard ghost, not a soft ghost. A, a hard ghost. No reply. No nothing. <laughs> but it's fine. And then it took me I don't know eight years to I guess forgive her, and then I reached out. So it was after that eight year span that you guys came to the marriage pact agreement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were playing pool, and we had jokingly we were talking, and then I don't know was it you or me that said I think it was you. You were like, oh, might as well get married. At a, you know, we keep running into each other. And I, was, I didn't and think much of it when we first dated. There was just something about her that I really liked and loved that I've never encountered with anyone else, and I think that's just what. It's just been haunting me, like, all those years. What was that thing? 
I would say the number one is how thoughtful she is. Because I, I believe I'm a very thoughtful person. Do you think that there was a world where you could have come to this place of acceptance and love and willingness to try and willingness to be better eight years ago or 10 years ago when you guys first dated? No. No, definitely mm -hmm. not. I don't... I wasn't ready. I just, mm -hmm. I wasn't mature at that time. Definitely not. Like, if we were to stick together eight years ago, we wouldn't be together yeah. right now. My best friend asked me that last night, too. And I said, no, we wouldn't be together. Yeah. I think a lot of growth had to happen before we oh. got here. And then doing the marriage path, that 21 days, we learned a lot. There's an old adage that time heals all. And for the story of Marianne and Dennis, they truly put this to the test. They're similar to Julie and Cody, except they have the benefit of age on their side, you know, knowing more of what they want and what matters in life. And they also had the benefit of not having such a traumatic breakup to begin with. Although it did end with ghosting, they both understood why it happened and they both had grace for why they couldn't be together at that time. But again, the curiosity of if the time is different, if things could be different is what led them to Cartagena. And we're about to find out what happened to our couples. And there's one more that I have to introduce you to. And I say one because we don't have all six in the show. When you watch it, you might be able to guess why um, one of the couples decided not to take part in this podcast, which is okay. But you know who did decide to show up is Grace. And Grace and Marcus represent the sweet, sweet fantasy couple. Okay, so I think the fact that you're here by yourself speaks to itself a little bit. Were you dreading or looking forward to seeing him today? Honestly, for me, like I didn't care either way, you know, like I've moved on, I'm, I'm moved on, like doing my own thing, you know, like it didn't matter. Um, and I think for me, like, you know, it's kind of a non-issue at this point. Um, and I, I think again, I felt disappointed that lack of effort to even, you know, like participate in this part of the experiment, you know, in the experience. But it's, it's why would I be surprised, right? Like people are always going to show you who they are. You just have to listen. And time and time and time again, Marcus showed me he's really good at partying and he's really good at having a good time when he's out. But beyond that, there's not much to offer, you know? So um, it was sad. All right. So take us back to the beginning. Why did you decide to make a marriage pact with this man and travel to Cartagena to see if this would actually ring true? Well, I have to say, like, when I saw Marcus in the fun times, when I saw him out and about, and I think when you watch the show, you see how vibrant he gets when he's out and about. Um, it's no, a good way of putting know, it. And uh, we sure did, didn't we? Um, but no, I mean, like, I've been on the other side of that, right? So, like, I've seen that fun, exciting side of him, and that's the side that made me want to create the pact, right? And he's the one that initially asked me for the pact. But the reason why I said yes was because that was the side of Marcus I was used to seeing. And then, you know, and that happens a lot in relationships, right? Like when you start to get in there and you start to talk about real issues and real things, you know, you start to realize who that person really is, not just who they're showing you who they are. This goes into the reality TV history library and when it does, and there's <laughs> a tape called the story of Grace and Marcus 
and the moral of that story, what would the story be and what would the moral of the story be? Ooh, that's a great question. I think, you know, the story would be, um, I think it would be a romantic story. I think it would be a fun story. So, you know, I think a little bit of a fairy tale, right? But not with the fairy tale ending. So we definitely had, you know, the fun beginning and, you know, the Prince Charming and the fun guy and all this. Um, and we had that romance and that flair and all of that. But um, it didn't have that ending. And, you know, like it almost makes me disappointed in myself because I didn't choose better, you know. Less, less in him because he can do whatever he wants in his life. Like I literally do not care. And he can run his show the way he wants, right? But... I was that, you know, seeing that and just, you know, him kissing that girl and not having enough respect for me as a friend and then him doing that stuff he did afterwards. Like, it's just like, man, like you really do not care about anyone but yourself, you know, and how selfish those actions are. And I think it just made me feel sad that I didn't see that, you know, like, why didn't I see that, you know? And what can I do better next time to see that next time, you know? So, but it's, it's all learning experience. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to see something when you're not in front of your face. And then to your point, you guys saw each other in these environments that he is capable of being his full self in, but maybe in day-to-day -day life, which is evident in his career and maybe other parts of his personal life, he's really not able to like expand and be authentic and be full and be brave. So it's, kind of logical I think from that point I think the game that I would play going forward is kind of one of these things doesn't belong like if you look at somebody and you're having a you know some kind of disconnect in the relationship where whether it's like hey we're not we're, we're long distance but no one's making the move but there's really fire between us or we have something really great here but you're not pursuing or moving forward in the way that I'd want you to whatever the reason is that causes you to make a pact because you're acknowledging that right now isn't the time I'd kind of take a pause and say, okay, well, something isn't happening where this is, you know, evolving as it should. Is this person's whole life indicative of this kind of behavior where they don't go for what they want? Yeah, but I mean, that's the hard part, you know, like until you get in there and start digging, like you don't have any of that information, you know, like he always presented himself to have money, to be, have all this money to go out and party and do all this fancy stuff and whatever, you know, and, and I'm not the type of person that's going to go Google him and try to figure, you know, like, it's just not who I am, you know, like I want to have a romantic, you know, emotional experience with somebody and get to know them for who they are, not, you know, piecemeal my own story together with what I can find out about them, you know? So that's, I think that's, what's so hard about that, right. Is that he presented himself so differently than who he truly was and, and like I said, you know, even with the finance thing, like the finance challenge was great because as we got going and we started talking about finance and I'm like, wait a minute, like, what do you mean you don't have savings? You don't have this. You don't have that. Like you drive a nice car. You're always out partying. Like you're always spending money partying. So it's like, you know, what's, what's real here? Like you're showing me, it's like a smoke and mirrors thing. You know, he puts on this, this display of who he wants people to believe he is. And ultimately that's just not who he is. So do I sit here and be disappointed in myself or mad at myself for not seeing it? I was, you know, I was disappointed and mad at myself for not seeing it. But now, you know, 
I look back at the experience and I'm just proud of myself for being true to who I am, for going through the process, even though it was difficult and showing myself, you know, that, that I could do it, even though I didn't, I was there truly alone. Lovers and friends, we have now entered into dangerous territory. Severe spoilers are ahead. If you have yet to watch The Marriage Pact and you have gotten by by watching these recaps, you've done well so far, but it's gonna get really rocky for you and so much less impactful if you don't see what happened and see their faces and hear more of their stories. You know, really understanding why they are where they are today is just not going to hit the same. So please do yourself a favor. This episode is long for a reason. Stop, take a break, go to your smart TV or go to your phone or go to your computer browser right now, download the Roku app or go to the RokuChannel.com and watch all eight episodes. At bare minimum, episode four had me on the floor screaming for people to talk to about it with. I watched these episodes before they came out and that one in general, I was like, my, there was just so much going on that episode. So watch that episode at bare minimum, but try to watch all of them and meet me back here as we continue on to explore what happens when people put love on ice and when it melts in a beautiful tropical city uh, with me at the helm of their experience. So you're going to go and watch that. And for those of you who have already watched The Marriage Pact, we're going to keep rolling ahead. So let's go. It's about to get intense. During these interviews, I didn't know what to do with my face at all times. Um, so I'm going to get some water just to hydrate. You do the same. Which reminds me, this episode is sponsored by Liquid IV, the number one powered hydration brand in America that is now available and sugar-free. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, and it hydrates the body two times faster than water alone. So I got Liquid IV sent to my parents' house in Canada, and my hard-to-impress dad is obsessed with this. So before this, he was trying to convince me to put salt in my water in order to help the body hydrate. Google it if you're not sure what I'm talking about. But he backed off when he understood that it's more effective and more enjoyable with flavors like white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. Like I said last time, if you are someone who loves drinking water, this may not be the product you need. But if like me, you fill your water bottle up every single day faithfully, but you rarely finish it, Meet yourself where you're truly at and try Liquid IV. It is real flavor, real hydration, and now sugar-free. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code LOVERS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code LOVERS. Cheers to you. And now... Let's check in and talk to our couples. If you watch the show, you know that two got married and four ended their marriage packs and subsequently their friendships. So how did they really feel about their experience in Cartagena and how do they feel today? Let's go back in the order we began and check in with our there's something definitely here, but never at the same time couple, Quentin and Alicia. It seems like you guys have the only if dynamic wherein there's a lot of things that align with you. There's a lot of reasons you keep coming back to each other, but there's this only if factor, only if you changed this or only if you weren't that, then this would work. And did you go there to see if, and give it a genuine shot to see if you could overcome that? Before we came on, we had, a, we, we butted heads a little bit and we weren't like kind of communicating as much. And then when we got on, into it, like 
I was like, you know, I'm just gonna fully open up and like just learn her, like really come into this and like be straight up, like okay, like is this is this the woman like that I can actually marry? And as we go throughout the whole experience, like you know, getting belittled throughout the experience, like honestly, like oh, these condoms like they're too big for you. I know she's joking, but <laughs> I know she was joking, but like, um, <laughs> it was funny, but it's just like little things like that, just belittling, um, like throughout the whole experience, like. I don't know if I wanted a woman, want a woman that's going to do that all the time. Like, I, I know what Quentin needs. Quentin needs peace. He needs, like, Quentin needs peace. My mindset was not to try. Seriously. It was just to, like, see the process, try it out, have fun. And I think I took it more seriously than people give me credit for because I genuinely was, like, trying. I just wasn't interested. So my uninterestedness is showing because I'm uninterested. But that doesn't mean I wasn't putting the effort that I could put. Um, I just didn't find this compatible. So I'm putting effort, I'm putting, I'm like giving an opportunity to someone that I don't find is compatible with me and that I have all this trauma from, yelled at me, like rejected me multiple times. Like this is not my person. But I'm also trying to like, in a way, show him I'm not his person. And so I think that was a bit of a problem as well. Like, I felt like, okay, if anything, we're going to come out of here and he's finally going to stop thinking we're meant to be. And he's just going to love me for the friend that I am. And that was my goal. Because apparently in his head, I was already like perfect woman. I know I wasn't, but like he had this like fantasy that I was. And I think he realized on the show when going through the process that I was not his perfect woman. And that's all I wanted him to see. That was intention. So did you go to Cartagena to try to belittle and humiliate him to make him see, to make him fall out of love with you? I don't think that I did that intentionally. It may have happened. But I think that that's just how I am to people I don't like. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like if someone's, it's like the guy on the street that stops and bothers you. And he's like, smile for me. And you're just like, get away from me. That, that was my mood in a way because he was a guy I didn't like. That also is my best friend in a way. Um, and so mix that all together. I was a fucking monster. But like, I feel like that's how I am with people I don't like. People I don't want to date. Right. You're definitely somebody that I didn't know on the show. Honestly. I feel like you I definitely have you. seen me I in all the way. I definitely haven't seen that before. But like, we lived I, together I was, and I was I a saint because I honestly. liked you. You were my friend. Why am I being a dick to my friend? I mean, you, but, and you're not, it's yeah, like, we're not I had my freedom. House, right? yeah, you can't, if you he can't pissed leave, me so off, I like, that. I was going out with my friend. I would just go drink, have a drink. I would just, but here I'm in this enclosed space. Every night I have to go to bed with him. And we were never going to thrive because we were not meant to be. It was not supposed to be. We weren't. And I told him that for like two years. And he still brought me on the damn show trying to convince me that we should date. The thing that I am confused and continue to be confused about is the fact that this man would bring me to a show where the end goal is for us to be in a relationship. He's saying he's all in. Just said it. He's, his whole family said he's all in. His dad had a whole scene that was cut about how he wants to have our wedding and he's so excited and all these things um but yet he wasn't like at the same time when i say that he had this fantasy of me being his perfect woman and, and marrying me that's 
fabricated. I'm lying. I'm exaggerating. Now I think we're on the same page. But our friendship ended because we're on the same page, as funny as that is. Got on the same page of like, I don't like you. You don't like me. And then we stopped being friends. So I'm like, oh, okay, there was no friendship. The friendship was that you wanted something from me romantically and you thought you could maybe get it by being my friend. Like he said in the beginning, he thinks friendship is how you get what you want in a relationship. Um, it's how you build the foundation for a good relationship. And that was that was a long term goal, I guess. And maybe you know it or don't know it. I don't know. But you had other intentions of being my friend. I ripped that pack and was done. Yeah, it was kind of both of us just like kind of separating. Oh, that. was it? So were it you not lot. texting me Bible verses lot. for three weeks after lot. trying to get my attention and yeah, sending at, me yeah, a book in the mail and I was not responding and I told you, stop yeah, messaging me. Please leave me alone. I do not want you in my life anymore. Okay. Okay. So let me. See let the fabrication. So, see what so he who, just did there. I've just learned that I need, I need peace as a friend. I need peace in a relationship. Anyone that's like complaining that just has no good intentions on certain things in their mindset like i can't be around that energy but i know that she has good intentions on certain things but i just can't be 100 percent around it all the time because i know it's not healthy for me as a person honestly and i haven't told her that but that's just me being straight up like i know you have told me that i need i know what i need and i know that if if i'm around alicia too much there's some things that like parts of me that may come out the best doesn't come out of me honestly like when I'm around some other friends and stuff, the best comes out of me. So I need to be around people that are gonna help bring the best out of Quentin and they're gonna uplift Quentin and not degrade Quentin. And that's the biggest thing. And I, yeah, have I been perfect? The way, no, the way that you act is a reflection when you're with someone is a reflection of yourself. Alicia, I think what you said is very true. You were very consistent throughout. Um, and I saw Quentin, Quentin also being very consistent, but I didn't see, you know, what, conversations were being had off camera, but my impression watching you guys is really reflective in what Alicia just said of like, I went there to prove to this guy that I wasn't the person for him. So I went out of my way to do things, to put him down and to be mean to him as if he's a guy on the street who's bothering me. So he would leave me alone. So when I was watching you guys, I was like, why is Quentin pursuing this relationship that does not appear to be reciprocal or mutual at all. Um, so I think that the show did a better job of, of showing more of a balance than I personally saw. That was another thing that I kind of was trying to show him, like, why do you want this? That's why I call it a fantasy, because it makes no sense. There was nothing in there that showed that we we're compatible. I said it to him daily. I tried to leave. I was like, I don't think we should be here. I don't think that we're, it's working. I was like, confused me. One minute, it's like, I'm in love with you, grabbing my face. I will marry you. And then the next minute, it's like, oh, if it happens, it happens. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like, do you love me? Do you want to marry me? He didn't told me after the show that he actually had someone else that he called first. So it's I did. like, <laughs> I did. I, I'm being 100% honest on that. Like, I wouldn't lie to you on that. Like, I did. I, I believe you. I believe you. That's yeah. the problem that Honestly. you didn't even really want to pursue anything with me. But no, then no, but you're there telling actual, We had an actual pack though that we created, and yeah, but I, yeah, other person didn't like want to do it, and I connected with you, and I was like, hey, like, do you want to do this thing? And you said, yeah. And if you didn't, then I could have ended up. Then you shouldn't have come on the show. Then, honestly, if you didn't really want to do this, then why did you, you convince want, me why did to? You commit? 
No, no, but 100%, you have, it takes two to tango. So, like, why did you want to still do the experience? Yeah, I went like, through even, all the different even, parts of the casting and everybody, they were like, even, your story is great. It makes sense. It is legit. And I told everyone I don't really think that I would date him. I said that in all my videos and they still casted me. It's not like I was, I lied at any point. I said, no, you, I don't think above, I want like, to be with him, but I'm I'm open to trying. That is... Then, then why my thing is just this though like you said that you say that but like why how come like that tw all the 2021 and stuff like there were like little spurts here and there like of you actually like kind of liking me a little bit like honestly I had a crush like, you were like so, seducing like, so me every day yeah but i'm just wondering like why we had that and that's kind of that literally that's why i was like okay but I, this can actually work because we're actually i'm just saying to you like that stuff happened through that our experience in 2021 so like i'm like okay so there's actually something here like we can actually go on and if it doesn't work great if it does perfect but there was some that's what kind of helped keep things alive honestly of why i wanted to call, call you to actually come on because of those little spurts you will call you give a little like what you do you you do this little face like you like you oh yeah i'm so interested like not maybe like want to marry me or something but you're interested in like our friendship or something like there's still something there that you've always kept Every time I call you, every time we would like FaceTime and stuff in, in during that time, 2021 or being in person, there was some energy you gave. So I Because I, I love like, you. I just don't want to marry you. And OK. Did you want him to propose? I wanted him to propose just so everybody could see what kind of nonsense he says to me off camera. <laughs> he basically proposed to me like five times and no one saw it. And it's just I I think I everybody wants to be proposed to that wants to be married one day like it's just nice it's like a compliment the biggest compliment so in a way but I wouldn't have said yes I wanted him to you wanted him to propose to him so that you could reject him on and no I I was going to reject him regardless I think I wanted him to propose on one part of me just because it's nice it's a compliment it's like, that's just such a great, fun thing. However, I wanted him to not propose because I wanted him to just be true to himself and really choose himself. Like, it was like almost, it was unattractive to me that he got down on one knee. Even he, I told him no. And then he still got down on one knee and gave me this whole speech about how much he loved me, which they didn't show, would have been nice. Um, and half proposed. Because he was like, I wanted to propose so bad. I'm still going to, like, partially propose as much as I possibly can. And I'm just there like, dude, I just told you I wanted, don't even want to be friends anymore. And you still are getting down on one knee. This is ridiculous. This is insane. I had to sit with this interview for a while to really process it and come out with a measured perspective here. I had very strong feelings about... Alicia and Quentin as individuals while we were in Cartagena. I got a renewed perspective after watching the show and seeing more of their dynamic play out. And then after this experience, it was interesting. I don't want to glaze over the fact that it is not okay to humiliate people. That is one of the things that at this point in my life is at the forefront of every interaction that I have. No matter how frustrated I am, no matter how I feel someone has done me wrong or how deserving I think they may or may not be of a darker side of me, I never, ever want to humiliate anyone. And that is just should be 
a bare minimum mode of operations for everybody on the planet. And Alicia really fell shy of that goal. And it was very difficult to watch, very unsettling to experience. And it was affirming for me to hear her talk about how uncomfortable she was and how that brought out the worst in her in Cartagena. Because as somebody who spent a fair amount of time with them, it was, I'd often look over at Alicia and be unsure if she was dissatisfied with Quentin, with me, with the house guests, with all of the above, with life. Um, just because it's it's difficult to be inside someone's mind and when you're just reading disgust off of them, it can really impact the energy of everybody. Hearing more of her story definitely gave me perspective. But again, not to gloss over the headline here that it's inexcusable in my books um, to even allow yourself to be brought to that level. And if you watch the show, you might have more of an insight on what I'm talking about in terms of the humiliation component. But I will say I can definitely empathize with her frustrations because I think what Quentin was doing was such a immense level of projection or storytelling where he decided how him and Alicia's story was going to end or he decided how he wanted to be depicted on reality TV and sucked that decision regardless of what was happening in real time in real life. And when you, I can empathize from both degrees. I think we've all been in that position before where we had feelings for somebody and they didn't reciprocate and they come back around. And there is a little bit of resentment that comes with that because it's like, well, I finally got over you and now you want to try. And then sometimes we can actually feel resentful because it's the version of ourselves that is not trying as hard or maybe that isn't as nice that someone is drawn to. So perhaps when they first linked up, she was providing what she talked about, the sweeter side of herself, and he was disinterested. And then when she became more cold, more evasive, more platonic and friendly, that's when all of a sudden these feelings spark up. This causes confusion, but also, again, it can cause resentment for the person because it's like, damn, not only could you not feel it when I felt it, but you feel for me when I don't even relate to the person that I'm behaving and becoming. That might actually cause a downward spiral where you lean even more into that villain character to say, okay, this is what you like and this is what you're going to get. And then I think in this particular case, I can also empathize with how frustrating it would be that this person seems to be moving full speed ahead despite all of the illogical signs that I am purposefully putting in front of you, despite me verbally telling you that this is not what I want for us. Um, like you're just so hell bent on an outcome and it becomes incredibly impersonal when you realize that this person's kindness or their kind gestures have nothing to do with you. It, it makes you feel like, again, like you're an actor in, in a book and you didn't sign up to be a character in someone's story and you don't even agree with the plot or the ending, yeah, I can imagine that would be incredibly frustrating. I think that leaves Quentin to ask himself why he was so tied to that given outcome, whether that be marriage or the perception of the good guy, the nice guy, the kind one. And at what cost is he willing to put himself through a scenario to get to that end outcome? And was it worth it in the end? Anyways, I could really go on and on about this dynamic. Um, and I hope that the two of them do go on to continue to explore 
why they behaved in the ways that they did because the math just didn't math. And speaking of math, we're going to get into Brie and Armani. And this is another heavy conversation because this essentially is what they tried to do, right? Like one plus one should equal two, right? Like one friend and one friend who are best friends who get along so valiantly, who have lots in common and really do care for each other. Like that should equal romance, right? And obviously if you watch the show in their case, wrong. Hi, Brie. Hi, Armani. Hey, Chan. Is Brie Mani still a thing? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) The last time I saw you guys, I was in the corner and I couldn't hear the audio, but I watched the two of you walk away from each other. And I also watched you, Armani, stop and look back um, at Brie. And Brie, I didn't see you stop and look back in return. And what happened after that? Um, so, I mean, we, you know, I, our friendship was closer than ever coming out of that. Um, we came back to our, you know, our normal lives. It was right around Thanksgiving and, um, we ended up getting together, um, that weekend. Uh, she came up and stayed with me at at my parents' place and, um, basically revealed to me that the real reason she was, you know, holding back was because she had someone she was kind of sort of seeing, I view the story a little bit differently, but okay. Tell us I think, your side. Yeah. So I, I just think that, um, you know, I revealed that to him and you giggled actually. And you said, it sounds like you've got a fun choice to make or, and it's an easy one is what you said. And then we went on and, um, some other things happened and then you came into a town in Charleston unannounced and then, um, you know, you knew that those things were going on. You knew I had family stuff going on. And you kind of just assumed that, you know, we were just going to pick up and go back. And the show is the show, but real life starts now. And I had already revealed to you that I had other things going on. And I was, my head was scrambled eggs. I didn't know which way to turn. And then um, ultimately we had a nice conversation after that. And you said, okay, like we ended amicably and then it turned pretty volatile or like I would say, you know, not so nice after that. So I don't want to bury the lead here. So Brie, you were in Cartagena with Armani to see if there was something there, but you had a committed partnership at home? No, I was not in a committed relationship. I had been seeing someone. So I'd been dating someone right before I came. We came on the show as friends and we made a pact and we said, we're going to give this a go. I don't have contact on my phone. We don't have access to it. I gave it a go. I gave it everything I had, and I was as genuine as possible. And there's one person I can't lie to, and that's Armand. I don't lie to you. I tend to disagree um, in terms of being honest and not lying. Um, coming back, and you know, we had that conversation that I mentioned, and uh, after that. You know, we were talking and regularly and things were good. And um, she, you know, asked me to come down to Charleston, but she had uh, her friend Whitney that was staying on the show with her there. Um, so I wasn't able to stay there. So I ended up booking a hotel room. And and when we did end up meeting up that next day, you know, she pulled me aside and asked me where my head was at. And I told her that's what my thinking was. And she said, no, like, I've had no communication with him. He hit me up once, I shut it down, um, and I just point blank asked, you know, 
you needed some assurances when we were on the show because uh, you didn't you weren't sure if I was being genuine or not. And um, you know, I need some assurances now. Like, do you want to be with me? And that got answered with a a quick yes. Next thing I know, you're you know telling people that we're boyfriend and girlfriend, um, which I was fine with. That just wasn't really how the conversation went. Uh, and then that's when we, you know, ended up going home together and and sleeping together. Uh, we're Shan, you know what? We're really not in a good spot. At the end of the day, if we're talking marriage pack stuff, we we didn't work out. Afterwards, we didn't work out again. So there's got to be some reason for that, and we can get all into details, and we can say all of this stuff. And uh, no, and if this is gonna be a little your therapy session, Armand, an event fuck Brie, then I'll hang up now. I mean, you know that's not Because this is probably the reason why you didn't want to have a conversation with me prior. Because you have no respect for me, which is why I'm really glad we didn't work out. Just like on the show, just like on the show, you wouldn't have a conversation to me the side, but when the cameras are rolling, you loved me. And you wanted to tell me then. Then, Shan, you just mentioned that he, you know, turned around and looked at me Well, I'm part of a group chat with the rest of the cast where he said, did you guys like, and if we're talking receipts, did you guys like when I turned around and fake cried? So let's get real. Yeah. Was that like, I, I, I a hundred percent felt like you wanted when the cameras turned on, you turned on. Oh, I mean, and you know what? Frankly, if this this is how it's going down, you refuse to have a conversation with me, but we're sitting on a podcast and you want to bring all of this up and you've got your like, you know, dateline notebook of everything and receipts. That's not love. That's not friendship. At the end of the day, if you love somebody, when things break off, you can look at them and say, you know what? It didn't work, but I have respect and love for you ultimately. And my feelings and I'm upset because of X, Y, and Z you know what? Moving on. Wish you well. And that's really what I wish you. But not in this, not like this. This is ridiculous. When did I refuse to have a conversation with you? What I saw from the two of you, from my experience with you, my perception was that Armani held a romantic torch for Brie and wanted there to be something more. And Brie, it appeared like Armani ticked all of your boxes, but didn't light your fire. So it felt like the story of trying to see if the person you friend zoned could be more than a friend. And in the end, um, it wasn't. And, and that's, to me, the look back that Armani had for you, all of that kind of aligned with, with that storyline and that perception. But is that incorrect? I think you're correct. But also, I don't trust him. And I think that that's exactly why I don't trust him. I called him before we started filming. I was bawling my eyes out. Like, is this going to be another thing? Are you going to embarrass me? And he put in his pact, you know, I promise to do this and keep you safe and all this stuff. And in theory, sure. But if that's not the case. Did I not do that? That's not the case. I don't trust. I don't, I don't trust you. I mean, I think that's that's me. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that this, that's you. Uh, Our promise. I'm glad you brought it up. Of course it's me. That's what's the, you know, have each other's backs. And um, the reason that after we did have a a decently amicable conversation after a a pretty heated fight in which you were 
telling me you hated me and that I wasn't half the man that Austin was and that I, he didn't give a fuck about me. I um, you absolutely did. And, uh, we talked later and tried to, you know, figure out where we were coming into that interaction and establish where we were at. Cause I told you that I would, you know, I cared about you and I wanted us to always be good and in each other's lives. But if you ever spoke to me like that again, you would never see me again. Then after talking to Alicia and Grace and finding out a lot of things that you said about me behind my back, that's when I lost my respect for you. And that's when I lost that trust. You know, we had this whole promise for us to have each other's back. And then I'm hearing that, you know, you're like, I can't believe Armani thinks he can get with me. Like, he has nothing going for him. I hate his dance moves. They're weird and cringe. I think that he's gay. I'm embarrassed and disgusted by him. I'm mad that he's trying to be in a relationship with me. He's weird and gay and emotional like a sissy. Uh, I have this, you know, guy. One, I didn't say those things. I mean, that's. And you could have came to me. I, had that, I didn't say those things. I just don't believe the things that you say. And I don't think that you remember half the things that you said. I don't believe the things you say. I'm not going around saying ugly things about you which why would i do that i don't know but that's well i answered the phone i spoke to you i would love to hear from you what is the missing link and the missing part of the story that everyone seems to be getting wrong i don't don't think that i don't know i don't think that it's not that i'm not attracted to him or that it's inconsistent i don't know my head scrambled eggs can you ask me that question yeah i think that i'm If it feels like people on the show were saying that you said things that you didn't say and people were sensing that you weren't interested in Armani, but you actually were, and people were sensing that you weren't all in, but you truly were, I think that I would love to hear what was real for you. Yeah, because I love Armani as a human being. Stupid. And this is hurtful. And no, of course, we're best friends when we came on the fucking show. Of course, I'm dating other people. That's my real life. I gave up my fucking job for the show. I got fired. Fuck you, Armani. I didn't ask you to do any of that. I told you not to do that and that we didn't need to go. I I tried to take care of you. I told you weeks in advance that you needed to tell them. I don't want you to cry. I don't want you to, like, I... I I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I called him. I made a decision to go on here because I wanted to go on there with him. Everything that I said that was good about you was genuine. And this is not fair. I feel like I'm getting like bashed. Alicia said this. Grace said that. It's a fucking pressure cooker experience. You seem just fine. I mean, I've had months to process you know, it. Like, I had my time. You away and you're so upset, but you don't seem upset losing me. This is like funny haha to you. I, you I just, wasn't you upset once I heard those things. Once I heard all of those awful things you were saying about right. me, half of them that you said to my face one night, then yeah, obviously I wasn't feeling that type of way. Like we had a promise to each other to have each other's backs. And I hear all this terrible and stuff. And you've known these people for 21 days. You've known me for years. Yeah, and this is your MO. Why would you? I don't have an MO. I asked you point blank about this other situation. I told you we can be friends if you want to do that. And I told that. you. And you told me it was done. And I told you, you told I want to do this again. I told you, ultimately, I wanted to see where that goes. Yes, I did. We ended it at your mom's house. And I said, I want to see where that goes. 100%. 
hundred percent. So not true. I'm I'm losing the plot here. Um, so I'd like to summarize how I am perceiving this, and correct me if I'm wrong. That you guys were friends, and you had a semblance of a connection that seemed like it never really had the right time to flourish. This opportunity came up. I believe it came to you, Bree, um, to explore this. You asked Armani to come. But even though you guys went and you agreed to do it, you still had a separation in your mind between doing this and what real life was. And that this was something that you were doing and leaning into while still acknowledging that your real life was something that you were thinking of as distinct. And possibly the fact that you had this other life to figure out, your job and your love life, made it difficult to lean into this experience because you still had these two worlds at play. So, but you guys did, I, I did see both of you try and I saw both of you put yourself in uncomfortable situations and push yourself, maybe not as fast as everybody else, but you still did. And you acknowledge the discomfort that you were experiencing throughout. You were friends um, and you did treat each other with I think respect and kindness. And at the end, to me, what I saw was people who realized we don't have that thing. Um, we, we get along and that was fine, but we just, we don't have that. And Armani, you didn't get down and propose because you knew that that wasn't there. And Brie, you didn't look back because you knew that there was nothing for you to look to. But even after that, for some reason, you decided to try to be lovers again or try to continue that. And, and that's when things blew up. Oh, the chemistry wasn't there. Your mom spotted it and she said it and she's usually spot on. And I, I wish that there could have been more like an, of an amicable progression, but there wasn't. But I will uphold what I'm saying that I was 100% to my knowledge, honest and upfront with you. For me, the disconnect was that you were not upfront and telling me everything. And this is just like, I debated even coming on here today because you know what? Like, this is what's going to happen. And The reason why I was excited to do this show and I really enjoyed the show, and I think we talked about this off camera for a second, is just that it was real. So I'm just wondering if for you guys, it could just be that simple where you are great friends yeah. and you do adore each other, but Brie, you don't have that thing for Armani for a number of reasons that he can't control because he's an amazing guy and super funny and a good dancer. And I love that boldness. I love that charisma. And instead of, I wouldn't even say instead of being honest, because sometimes you, it's hard even to admit that to yourself, because when what's logical and how you feel are just not aligned, you may want to just keep trying for trying sake. But it kept bringing you back to that same conclusion that maybe if you were honest with at the time that you wrote that marriage pact, it, it wouldn't have gotten to that place. Yeah. I mean, I think that what you described, Shan, is is extremely accurate and it's that simple. And that's what it was on Bree's side. And just the way that it came about was, I think, really unfair to me. It hurt me a ton. Can you admit to participating in continuing to invest in something that from the outside looking in, obviously wasn't going where you hoped. Yeah. I mean, I think I clearly had my doubts and saw things here and there. And like, I, I didn't feel like I was being reciprocated, which I think, you know, we can all kind of see and which is fine. Uh, 
because again, just going back to what you were saying and, and what we agreed with, like, yeah, like ultimately we weren't a right fit. And as much as I may have wanted to see it or wanted to happen or wanted to go through it, that wasn't, you know, in the cards. So yeah, I absolutely contributed to it and wanting, you know, to ensue longer. Um, and then, you know, that did lead to eventually where we got to now. Um, you know, had we just decided clean break at the end and been friends, I think that we'd probably be each other's best friends right now. You definitely obviously had such a lovely banter and a lovely connection. And I think that's also a part of acknowledging if that connection is possible without the idea of a romantic prospect kind of looming in the background. And maybe, Bree, and this is me projecting my experience onto you, nothing to do with maybe how you feel, but maybe a part of you wanted to keep the romantic prospect alive because you feared that if you took it away that this would happen. Um, 100%. 100%, Shan. Well, I guess you now have the opportunity to see what happens if you it is off the table. Uh, but I think that there's a, obviously apologizing to do because when you avoid the conversation for so long and then let it run through a show and then all the messiness that is run through um, and then continue just not to say the things to each other, it just, it gets uglier and uglier. But I think there's still a chance just to kind of have a plain conversation that doesn't, it doesn't matter who texted what or when and who, who didn't come forth for a conversation and who heard what from the grapevine. It just matters, you know, what Brie and Armani or, or Brie Mani, if that still exists, you know, how you guys genuinely felt and, and what really matters to you next. Well, on that note, is there any possibility that you guys will give the time to heal, which obviously you still have both healing to do on both of your ends, give the time to heal and then and maybe consider a friendship down the line? I would. As much as I don't want to admit that. I don't know. I would want to. Again, like I said, um, I shared with them, like I could empathize with the story and with the fear of losing a friend if you didn't keep the hope of the romantic attraction you know, alive. But if you're unable to say that, um, it comes out in some really nasty ways. And I think that it could be worthwhile to circle back and just say it. Just say the thing that you've been putting off saying for a really long time and, and see what happens next when the truth lies between you. Because it doesn't seem like a lot of that has been going on. And this can be difficult to do. And that is where the final sponsor of this episode is perhaps a perfect tie-in to bring in, and that is BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com lovers and get on your way to becoming your best self. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear, especially when our history is murky. This is where therapy can come into play. Therapy can give you the tools to learn positive coping skills for your past and it can show you how to set boundaries in your present. Now, as we all know, therapy is not a one size fits all or for a certain kind of person. It is for everyone at different times. And that's why I liked BetterHelp. I used the service during my second pregnancy. And for me, it was the best option because I could take my therapy calls while I was watching my kid. I chose to do phone. You could choose to do video. You could choose to do text messages. And the 
customizable, flexible nature of BetterHelp is what was best for me. And if you think that it could be great for you, let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash lovers to get 10% off your first month. That's better com slash lovers. Moving on and rolling things along nicely, we're going to go back to Julie and Cody, the exes who fucked a good thing up, to see if time could unveil a different story for them. I paused at veil because there was a wedding involved, but spoiler alert, sadly, um, that's not how their story ended. The last time I saw you was supposed to be the most magical day of your life. And it was supposed to be the start of forever, but it didn't really quite turn out that way. Tell me what happened. I mean, we got back to the US after everything that had happened. And we were both, I think, really excited. And we we tried like really, really hard to continue um, like our commitment to each other. We got got into counseling and that was, I think for me, honestly, the counseling is kind of what made me realize, like, I don't think this is going to work. And to kind of tie into that, once I got back to the States real world, the real world kind of hit me like a brick wall. And there's a lot of stress happening in my life at that time. Of uh, Julie was actually ready to move to Louisville. And she had so many good things going on in Charleston that I didn't think, I don't think Louisville is the best place for Julie. And I'm sure she can agree to that. And, you know, I, I realized I still needed to continue learning how to love myself to be able to love someone else, essentially. When we got back, um, you know, Cody really didn't, like, he didn't act like the same Cody that was on the show. He was somebody that was completely, you know, he was someone that I just... I had known in the past and I didn't think that that person was going to come back, but it did. Um, and it just really was so heartbreaking for me. And it was like this slow realization that this person, not that he was not in love with me anymore, but this person isn't loving me anymore the way that I deserve. And that was really, really, really hard to accept because you know everything that i experienced on the show i was 100 percent myself i was so head over heels for cody and i wanted so bad for us to work out and so when when we came back and it was like crumbling in front of me that was really hard to accept grace asked me to ask you guys this question she said that the hardest part about watching the show, obviously, was seeing Marcus's infidelity and having to watch that. But second to that was just watching your guys' story because it was just so hard to watch people that she genuinely felt should be together and could be together. So she wanted to know if the two of you moved to a desert island and there was nothing and no one else, do you think you could make it work? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, on the show, that's exactly what it was. I had no stress. I didn't have to worry about anything. 
and I just got to focus on Julie, and it was a lot of fun. And she managed to make me cry and show so much emotion. Uh, I mean, the show doesn't even show half of it. <laughs> and, you know, it. I mean, goodness gracious, I haven't even watched the last episode just because I'm like, great, I'm going to see myself cry. And I don't want to see myself in such a happy place knowing that it's not there anymore because I did fall back in love with Julie. I was ready to make those next steps. And it all happened so quickly that I don't think <clears throat> the healing side of me had caught up yet. And the healing side has nothing to do with Julie. It has everything to do with all the battles I have that I have and had within myself that as soon as we got back to the real world, they kind of popped back up and, you know, we're like, hey, we're still here. So I don't know if Julie feels the same, but I... I mean, I think knowing what I know now, no. If we were on a deserted island, I don't think that I we could make it work. Um, like trying again, that's just not in the books for me because like when you learn to love yourself, you kind of realize like you become your biggest protector, your own bodyguard. And so when somebody starts to treat you a certain way, you like you throw your guard up and you're like, absolutely not. I refuse. And you fall more in love with yourself and you fall out of love with the person that is treating you that way. And so that's kind of what happened when Cody and I got back here and we tried to make it work. And, you know, when you give somebody so many chances, like Cody's had, you've had so many years to make it work with me. And I've given him so much grace and kindness and have truly forgiven him for what he does and doesn't hold that. I don't hold that against him. And so I gave him all those chances. And now knowing what I what I know, like knowing what I know now, I I just kind of realize what kind of person he is, because when you have that in front of you, you don't let that go if that's really what you want. We talked about this, actually. And this is, you know, none of this is news. We had this conversation because... I didn't know you were going to propose. I don't know if you knew you were going to propose up until, you know, the day before and you were so back and forth in it. And then it, the dialogue that I had with you was kind of in reflection to when I met my husband, I was on the fritz of being deported from America. I had like no money. I was so uncertain in life. I had gone through a period of time of trying to become a, like a Buddhist and I went to sound baths and I went to the church. I was like looking for answers everywhere and for me, what I found was the connection that I had with my partner and the connection and the love that they provided for me was the jump off point for me becoming more sure of myself and more sure of what's possible for me and also just getting my, my footing in life. Um, that was my story, was that love was the pathway to getting out of that mess. Um, do you have a reason why it couldn't be yours? I, I was afraid that love could have been that path, but also it could have been the reason why that path could end as well. I mean, my mom even said it. Uh, my sister 
and her boyfriend after watching the show because they didn't she didn't get a chance to go down there and with my mom but you know my mom even said she's just like i haven't seen you this happy i haven't seen you at this piece and my sister you know was like oh my gosh like what's wrong with you and her boyfriend telling me what's wrong with you and you know i've a lot of people telling me what's wrong with me and i'm like you know i know what's wrong with me a lot and in that moment where i saw that love could be the path out of you know feeling unstable feeling uncertain about myself uh then i started questioning well what happens if that love does help me and then it goes away again and you know i would never expect Julie to do that to me but it always is in the back of my head one of the first thoughts I ever had you know when Julie said I'm willing to move to Louisville I was like oh gosh if she moves here and hates it here she's gonna blame me and sometimes it's just overpowering I think that you articulated yourself very clearly and very profoundly and this is not a therapy session so I'm not going to probe you anymore uh, I just want to say thank you for for sharing that Everybody that I've spoken to, right, you know, when we were together in this experience, when we sat in that room and I would tell you guys, you're going to decide to marry a marriage pack partner or walk away forever. And then everyone is looking at me like, we're not walking away. We're going to remain best friends or, you know, like it's not this or that. But everybody who I've spoken to for, so far, it's really been this or that. And that can be difficult because it can feel like this experience ended your friendship um, so I'm curious when you guys reflect on it, are you glad that you went in light of what happened or is there a bit of regret because of how it ended? I'm so thankful for going, um, honestly, like, you know, I mentioned like, Cody, why did you propose to me? Like, I am genuinely, you know, I don't feel that way. Like I am so thankful for going through that because for me, at least, it allowed me to forgive Cody, and I never had forgiven Cody for what he did. Um, and that was something that I held on to. I held on to that chapter of my life. I held on to Louisville. I held on to um, that friend group and the past. And that was something that literally every year up until going and doing the marriage pact, I would think about it and I would think like, maybe there's a chance, maybe there's a chance. But I also had this like anger inside of me where I couldn't let go of what he did to me. So going on the show, I like, you know, the are like intense therapy sessions that we had. That is truly what helps me forgive and move past him. And I can say I have literally no issue with Cody like to this day, you know, I'm, I don't have any anger. I don't have any frustration. Like, literally just wish like Cody wish I wish you the best honestly and I want you to succeed in everything that you do and um I'm thankful for everything that we did on the show and even afterwards we tried and we did give it our best and that's something that I know is like I did try my absolute hardest and I had to I'm someone I have to try and try and try and try until I know for a fact that it's not meant to be. And I feel like we did that. And I'm, um, it's like, I'm at peace now, finally. And it's sad, you know, like closing a chapter, but it's also like really beautiful at the same time. Do I regret any of it in a sense that I miss our friendship? Yeah, absolutely. Even though you were 
you know, you haven't fully forgiven me. You throw jabs at me. You know, our, our, we still had a fun friendship. And, you know, does that suck? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you truly are such an amazing person. And, you know, I'll admit that, you know, I'll be wondering, hey, what, how's Julie doing? And so, yeah, I, you know, I'm always going to check up on you to see how you're doing, whether that's through others or through social media. And I know you're going to continue to be successful. So like you're making me choke over my words right now. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Julie, I got to admit, I've never seen you look hotter than you look right now. It is, oh. your hair is perfect. Like the, everything is just divine. Thank you. Listen, that's what a little bit of self-love will do, so. <laughs> like many of the castmates, I felt so connected, heartbroken, disappointed by Julie and Cody's story. And I think that is because it is incredibly relatable. And as I was saying to them in Cartagena, and then again in our conversation, in my personal experience, Love opened the way for so much healing and a good love allowed me to love myself more. But if I reflect on that more, I was already on the path to healing and I knew that I wanted to come out on the other side. I knew what it looked like. I didn't know how to get there and I had a partner who walked alongside me, but I had just that. I had a swim partner. I wasn't looking for a lifeguard. And I certainly wasn't fighting that lifeguard once they grabbed me by the hand. And I think that Julie has made the right choice. And I think that Cody has done the right thing in allowing her to make that choice and acknowledging that he needs a lot more time. And uh, I caution him not to let time, time isn't the answer either. Time isn't the lifeguard either, right? Like you actually have to learn how to swim. You actually have to want to do that for yourself. And you can't just hope that serendipitously it's all just going to come to fruition. And perhaps that's a mistake that they made wherein that incident, I actually asked them, I don't know if I cut this part out, but I had asked them if they thought the same reason that they broke up to begin with was the same reason that they ultimately, you know, didn't follow through with their commitment to marry each other. Legally, at least they got married ceremoniously in Cartagena and they said no to it. But the point that I was making is that it, was the self-sabotage, like the unwillingness to meet the commitment where it was and to do things to purposefully stop the progress back in college, you know, through cheating and ultimately his behavior towards her, her treatment, his treatment, his coldness, you know, the side of him that pushed Julie away this time around, it is still that self-sabotaging thread that goes in there. And perhaps in this time that they spent apart between college to now, Yes, the days and the hours and the months have gone by, but Cody hasn't worked with it and hasn't found things to help him work on himself through that time. I was back in Toronto, Canada this summer, and there's a bittersweetness that happens when you have exes who you really held a torch for and you, you could have gone all the way for and you bump into them and they still didn't figure it out. Um, and I don't want... I, I don't want anyone to be that person. I certainly don't want Cody. I don't worry about Julie. Um, as I, I don't think Julie worries about herself. So, yeah, that's just my, my final bit of cautionary advice there. 
Now leading into a couple that needs no advice, um, and we can proceed with open arms and with big hearts as we hear about the marriage and the admiral commitment that Marianne and Dennis have to each other in their relationship to this day. Marianne and Dennis, rumor has it that you are legally married. Yes. Yeah, we did it. You like this bad boy? I love it. Uh, well, I know you guys got married in Cartagena, but you had to come back and really, really do it. Like say like we're actually gonna do it. So uh, congratulations again. It just fills my heart with joy. How is married life? Whew. Uh, you know, married, married life, basically the same. So that experiment with living with each other for 21 days actually um, showed a lot about each other yeah. and within ourselves. So. And there's really like no breaking up now. So yeah. we've, we've gotten into fights where it's gotten really heated and we have to bring ourselves back and be like, what did we promise each other? Mm-hmm. What did we do? You know, you know, everything that we worked for. Um, so I know I am known to give up so easily and he's not. So he, he does remind me that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I've learned about myself that I'm. I also love the answer that not much has changed because I think that some people get married aspirationally like they get married hoping to become someone different they get married hoping the commitment will become deeper but i think when you have a genuine good match is when marriage is just a a continuation of the standards you already held each other to and i remember Mm -hmm. that you guys held each other to a very high standard which was don't be an asshole Um, (laughs) do you think you you've kept that up 80 percent of the time yeah Sometimes she triggers me and I like lose it, but same. we're still together. Yeah. Well, 80-20 is actually to me the perfect formula because you're supposed to be in relationships that are not, because harmony is wonderful, but we know that the hard work and the necessary growth comes from friction. So when you do have, and I love that Marianne, you even said that you're, you're being held accountable and held to change in ways that you already felt within yourself you wanted. So this relationship mm-hmm. is an opportunity for growth for both of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been in relationships where you don't fight and it's almost like, are we just friends then? You know, I've never fought and learned so much about someone and continue to want to learn about someone. And, you know, when it comes to his past or how he grew up, like I'm digging deep because I want to know how to treat him. I learned that we we fight, but we fight to be with each other at the end of it all. I think we fight, but we fight to stay together is really important because some people fight mm-hmm. and they try to fight their feelings because of the embarrassment yeah. or because of the fear, mm-hmm. because of insecurities. So do you feel like anybody else kind of brought the same effort and energy that, and intention that both of you did? I think I saw it in Julie and Cody and Alicia and Quinn. I was you think they both tried? I think they could have tried harder. <laughs> I think Armani. Really? Um, well, I think Armani tried 100%, but I don't think Brie was there yeah. 100%. All right, last question here marriage packs. Do you recommend why or why not? I recommend them because of this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I really think. I just think it, it worked out with you and me. It could work out for with other marriage. people too. I think so, but I, I just feel like if you don't, if you don't, 
I don't know how to explain it. I think it's a good foundation because you start off as friends, and then if you don't really tap into that romantic side, you'll never know. But I just think there's a lot of things that go into it, or that have to go into it, for Mm -hmm. it to work. To sum up their story, I would like to read to you the note that I wrote for them to read on their wedding day in Cartagena. Marianne and Dennis, first and foremost, thank you for your love story. It is one that I'm not just proud to tell my children I got to witness, but I'm ecstatic that one day they will get to watch for themselves because it's on the Roku channel, which you can all watch right now, too. You came on this journey and promised each other not to be assholes. And through your devotion to those simple and poetic words, ha, you've shown the world that love only conquers all when we are willing to fight against our old self in selfish ways, too. I felt relief yesterday during your magical proposal, and although today will, of course, bring much more thrilling emotions, I pray underneath it all, that word sums up exactly how you feel right now. You are doing it. Congratulations. I know the universe will scream out, finally, after the two of you say I do, and know that I am there in spirit screaming the same thing with her. All my love and support, Shan Boudram, OXO. Lovers and friends. Take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend I said, lovers and friends uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end I said, lovers and friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram It is produced by Boudram and Crazy Cruz with production support from 2S Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes Lovers and Friends is powered by Audioboom and made possible by our incredible sponsors who you can show love to by reading our show notes.